We're back for our third season of the Montana Men's Sports Podcast. We couldn't be more excited to be back. It's week one of the football season. We do our first and ten. We talk a little bit about our off seasons. We have a great interview with head coach of Montana State, Jeff Choate. We talk about Montana State's game coming up against Texas Tech and their schedule that lies ahead. We talk about the University of Montana and their game against South Dakota. We have Montana Parlay for a little bit of gambling talk. We go around the big sky. Then we have our watch party. Let's go. Welcome back. It's the Montana Mint Sports Podcast, our third year covering the Cats, the Grizz, and the Big Sky. Hard to believe the Montana Mint Sports Podcast has been around that long. You've kept listening to us. This is our first episode of 2019. We're getting ready for week one. Uh, I'm here with Bear Tycoon. I couldn't be more excited to be back. How was your summer? You know, I spent most of the summer sitting. I, I'd climb up to the M. Uh, look down into Washington Grizzly Stadium and just think about what happened in November and think about how different things could have been. Uh, so it's been it's been a long ten months here in the Bear Tycoon household. Yes, and uh, there has been uh, there's a there's a memory that pops up. Not even a memory. It's a video that I posted to my Facebook, and it's the final root call uh, as Tucker Yates strips the ball from East Eastwood. And I've probably watched that recording 200 times since November. Yeah. And every time it still gives me chills. So uh, I know what you mean. It could be it could be way different. I could have had an off season of uh, just what could have been an off season of sadness, depression. But instead, I had just a fantastic off season for the third season in a row, and especially since we got to the playoffs. Got a win in the playoffs last year against Incarnate Word. And then, uh, you know, the only loss we had in the playoffs was to the eventual national champion. So, you know, I'm hoping for the same stuff this year. But, man, you couldn't have asked for a better offseason if you're a Montana State fan. Yeah, the only loss you had in the playoffs. That's how playoffs work, Nate. When you lose in the second round, you only get one loss. Um, By the way, did you see the championship rings that Incarnate Word gave out to their players? By the way... It was conference championship, right? Conference championship. It was a uh, a shared conference championship, and these rings that rings that they gave out were like they won the Super Bowl. It was incredible. Did you see these things? Uh, I did. I saw on Twitter. I didn't pay much attention to it because, um, I mean, it was Incarnate Word, and there's seven. There's seven teams in their division, I think, and and they were a shared they title. shared a title, and they gave out rings. That I mean, I'm sure they were all fake diamonds, but they looked like each of them was worth like thirty million dollars. Damn, pays to go to a private Catholic school then. Yeah, apparently those donors were happy with their with their football team. Apparently, they got a pretty <laughs> low bar down in Incarnate Word, but they um, do. But hey, they made the playoffs. It was more than uh, the Grizz did. Um, so you know, got to hand it to them. They made the postseason. Well, that the way you said that, it sounded a lot like Kendall Roy on Succession. But yeah, no, they did. Uh, they the Grizz did not make the playoffs. And three years uh, in a row. So that's and, something. That's uh, a storyline. Would you say that's a storyline this year? And uh, yeah, it is a big deal. Uh, no, I mean it's clearly hanging over uh, 
the playoffs were more so the the three game losing streak to the Bobcats. It would be the first time we'll get into this with uh, Coach Choate later in the episode. But uh, if the Cats win this year, it would be the first time in our lifetimes. Nate, you and I were both born in the mid '80s. It'd be the first time in our lifetimes the Bobcats have a four game win streak. So. That is definitely hanging over a lot of. Uh, I'm certain this minds. is the first time in our lifetimes the Cats have had a three-game win streak. No, that's not true. It isn't. I don't think so. Certainly, four games. Four games goes back to the eight or to the the seventies. There may we can look this up, um, but no, four games. The last time it happened was in the early seventies. Okay. Well, we're going. I'm excited already for Cat Grizz in back in Bozeman this year. Um, but I mean, we have a lot of football, a lot of football before that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun season. This is one of the, probably the most exciting, uh, or excited I've been going into a season just with, you know, the, the growth of the team Choate's fourth year at the helm, three straight wins against the Grizz. I don't know anything about recruiting or who's going to be playing as a true freshman, but it seemed <laughs> like they had a pretty good off season recruiting. Oh, don't you even and get I me both know. Yeah. So you and I boring. both have no idea. We do not get excited over recruiting. Nope. Show me, show me in the regular season, fellas. Exactly. So it's. Uh, I'm excited for the season, though. You know, another new quarterback. We get. Uh, that's one perk of being a Montana State fan is every year you get to see a new starting quarterback, which just kind of keeps things fresh, keeps it lively. You never know what you're going to get. Well, you guys certainly didn't know what you were going to get. Uh, we ran a poll on Montana Men's Sports about who the starting quarterback would be for the Montana State Bobcats. And I don't even know the guys. Who's starting for you? What's his name? Ruben, Jason. That's Ruben Beltran. No, he's he's the third string. Jason Beltran. What's his name? Who who's starting Ru- Ruben, for you now? Ruben Beltran is the third string. Okay. Tucker Rovig is number two. Okay. And Bauman is the new starter. Bauman. 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 Like Bauman. Like he's bombing the ball. Got down it. The Montana field. State. By the way, uh, you were born in 1985. Correct. Okay, so in 1985, Montana State was ending a three-game win streak against the against the Grizz. Uh, I was okay. born in '84. That was right in the middle of a three-game. win So streak. you and I have never seen the full three-game win streak. We've That's true. Well, no, we have. We have. We've seen the most recent one that we're currently living through. Well, yeah, the one where we're currently living. Um, yeah, before I would never that, forget no. that. Trust me, I'll never forget the one we're currently living. Yeah, before that, we have not seen that. So I was right. Okay. It's a good start to the podcast season. I'm one to zero against Bear Tycoon. Well, yep, based on some slippery math, that is true. Well, it's slippery. Just just knowing the history a little bit better. Hey, what did you do this off season? I, I, I we did not get into what old hot take Nate did. Probably some ski trips, some vineyard tours. What happened? Of course. Um, well, the ski season uh, was fantastic. I uh, did a lot of skiing this year. Probably got up uh, on the hill. You know. 14, 15 times, didn't hurt myself. So I, I consider that a successful ski season. Then um, we went, got into the spring and, you know, some breweries, some vineyards, the normal stuff. Uh, the summer, did a lot of uh, vacationing, got up to Glacier, had a fantastic time up there. Did a little uh, vacation at Echo Lake up by Big Fork. So you just had oh, a yeah. fantastic Montana summer. Yep, very relatable. It is. Uh, gorgeous lake. You would love it. Yep. I, bet. I bet you would love it. Yeah, I did. We we spent some time up in Big Fork. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, and my wife and I got up early. We thought we'd take uh, a canoe out on the lake, and when we woke up, 
looked at the temperature and it was 43 degrees. So we just went straight into town and grabbed some coffee because that's a little too cold in my from my perspective to be out on the lake. Yeah, that's that's a little chilly, a little chilly, but gl- glad you had a good time. Yeah, but I so, but all through the summer though, I was counting down the days until what is it, August 31st, Saturday, yeah. the yep. first game of the season. Like I literally, I don't know if I've been this excited going into a season before. Or I have obviously been excited, this excited going into a season, but in recent memory, this has been the most exciting off season for me. Totally. So maybe to kind of, I mean, we're not off season guys. We don't care about recruiting. I kind of hate all the off season storylines, but should we do a very quick first and 10 to kind of get all get back of into these? It? So this is kind know, of our training camp. Unanswered questions. This is definitely our training camp. We're definitely we going to be. We literally didn't practice one thing. We haven't talked to each other since uh, the North Dakota State, Montana State game. Yeah, purposely. Um, yep. Purposely, we needed that away time to really, you know, to, to kind of miss what you were losing. And uh, now we're back together. And this is going to be um, kind of like a preseason football game. A lot of mistakes, but we're going to try hard. We're going to make it worth your while and just keep listening. Yeah. So do you want to, do you want to start? I'll go first. Yeah. And we already kind of touched on it. So you kind of stole one of my first and 10, but my first down, I went with uh, an off season after a cat Grizz win is the best off season. Um, you know, I watched that video, the root call over and over and over and again. And I don't think I've seen enough angles or seen enough calls from that stop, um, from that cat Grizz game. And, uh, all the momentum on the cat side again for the third year in a row, third off season in a row. Can't wait for this year's game, but uh, you all, you have to start off a podcast talking about that cat Grizz game and how amazing it makes an off season for you. Uh, well, uh, look, it it certainly set the tone for the off season for me. Um, I had the exact opposite experience where I can't stop thinking about it, um, but in in for very different reasons. It was a Devastating loss and truly a loss that I think 25 years from now, we will still be looking back at as Grizz fans of like, I can't believe that happened in our home stadium against such a shitty team. Um, well, they made the playoffs. So you lost to a playoff team, which is the yeah solace, I guess you can take in that. Yeah. Which, yeah, no, that's, that's great. There's so many teams make the playoffs. One of them was not the Grizz. One was the Bobcats who knocked off the very dominant incarnate word uh, Cardinals based on their championship rings. My second uh, uh, segment here. Um, or is it your first? I my your first, first, my first, but within the within the ten, it's the second that we're going after. True. That's a good. Point. So there are nineteen games, Nate, in the out of. I, I'm very focused on out of conference. We're in Spokane this year for the Big Sky Media Days. I asked all the coaches this, all the players this about their out of conference schedule. Fascinated by it. Thirteen Big Sky teams. There are nineteen games. This year, out of conference against FBS opponents. Which team, let me give you a couple options here, is most likely to win in week one? Is it Montana State at Texas Tech? Eastern Washington at University of Washington? Or UC Davis at Cal? Now, I per, like obviously everyone's an underdog here. Uh, if you send an over-under for wins... Uh, for these 19 games, you'd probably set it like one and a half. So there's probably not going to be a lot of victories here. UC Davis, to me, is the team that has the best chance to beat their uh, FBS opponent. But out of those three, who do you like? I have to agree. I have to go with UC Davis. Not because I think they're going to do it, but, um, you know, Montana State, that's a lot to go up against a Big 12 offense like that, the air raid. 
And Iwu just doesn't have the talent to beat Wazoo. You know, they beat um, Oregon State. They've beaten Wazoo a couple times. But those were two teams that were at the bottom of the Pac-12 when they played them. UW is a perennial Pac-12 conference champion. Yep. That's not going to happen. So I'd have to go with UC Davis uh, going over there to Berkeley. Not very far. You're not you're not traveling. You're just taking a, taking a quick bus trip a couple hours over to Berkeley. So I think Davis would have the best chance. Do I think they do it? No, but I think they have the best chance. Okay. What's your next one? Well, actually, it's a great segue into my next one. This was going to be my fourth, but it's now it's my second. If that yeah, you're welcome. Confusing enough. But FBS playoff play up games. So we're uh, we're in that season. It's the body bag season. Uh, one of our contributors from uh, uh, from the Montana or from the Big Sky Podcast Network, uh, Chris Hammond, uh, Tubbs at the club. He's a he's the Idaho fan. He put together a top 25 FCS payouts of 2019 on the website FCS Fans Nation. Thought it was really interesting. Did you see that? Yeah, it's incredible. Idaho playing Penn State, getting 1.45 million dollars for this more, game. More than double. More than double the next closest. And the FCS. next one is Montana at Oregon getting $650,000. Yeah. But yeah, Idaho at Penn State, $1.45 million to go over there and get absolutely embarrassed. Which but, is like, go I ahead. Mean, that's, a, that's so much money. It's worth it. The players are going to have a blast playing at a venue like Penn State, a top five stadium in the country. The fans, I mean, if you're an Idaho fan and you get to go over there, you get to see the tradition and the the facilities and the atmosphere around a Penn State game like that. So I think it's definitely worth it. For Idaho to go over there, get killed, but they're man, one and a half million dollars in your football budget, that's gonna go a long way. I just want to know who's negotiating this for Penn State. Last so a couple things to keep in mind. Two years ago, Idaho is a FBS program. So you're paying them zero dollars to travel to uh Penn State to play this game. Uh and also last year as an FCS school, Idaho went to Florida. And I don't know what they got paid, but it certainly wasn't $1.4 million no, to go to I've never to seen one this big, honestly. So what? there is some story here that uh, I have not been able to track down on any message board or uh, anywhere online uh, like, about why are you doing what, what were they thinking. Bad negotiating what, at Penn State. But why wouldn't they just like bring in Incarnate Word for $600,000? It's not like yeah, Idaho, no I, I don't know, makes zero sense. No. But like we were saying, Montana at Oregon, 650000 That UC Davis at Cal game, they're getting $625,000. Uh, Montana State is getting six hundred. dollars uh, I'm sorry, Montana State is getting $500,000 from Texas Tech to go out there this weekend. So some money is changing, exchanging hands from those FBS to FCS schools. Um, I do love these games because there's no pressure on the FCS teams. They get to go. Um, I'm not going to get to go to Lubbock. It's impossible to fly in there, but I went to the Wazoo game a couple of years ago, Utah game, some totally. of those games. It's just fun to be around. It's fun to be at those big-time programs and see your team play. Not that you're thinking they're going to win, but it's just fun to be around. So I love these these opening games as long as you come out healthy, But uh, and there's a lot of money to be had uh, when you do these play-up play games. Totally, and so let, let's get into this for my next one. Uh, so this is my number two in the top ten, number four overall for the folks tracking at home. And Jerry, make sure you're marking this in the record books. But I completely agree. I think playing up for one game a year, I'd rather play up than play down. Oh, um, for sure. But there are, if there's 13 teams and there's 19 
Big Sky versus FBS games, that means that there's two schools playing up for, or I'm sorry, there's three schools or four schools, I'm bad at math, playing up for uh, uh, multiple games. And to me, that is not the way to do it. No. Um, when you're putting together, uh, I think, and, and talking with all the coaches, I think there's universal agreement about putting together your off-season schedule. Uh, so you have basically four games. One, you toss to one of these body bag games, and it's just purely a cash grab, and, and hats off to Idaho for setting the bar so high. Um, I think for the rest of the games, you have to go all FCS. And you can kind of do what the the Cats and the Grizz have done for the past couple of years of put like a Valparaiso or... Um, St. Francis. St. Francis. Uh, yeah, the St. Francis, that's FCS. Um, which I think is actually from Pennsylvania. Um, in in your schedule, like you can do a bad FCS team, but you can play Division Two games. And there's a couple teams this year that are playing Division Two. I think that's a huge mistake, Nate. If you are the athletic director or the coach, we're gonna have an awesome interview with uh, Coach Fennessy from Idaho State coming up later this season, talking exactly about this. Um. But what what is your strategy as a athletic director slash coach putting together your out of conference schedule for the say say for the Bobcats? So I think you the play up game get some money for that program. That's that's kind of obvious, and the fans enjoy it. And if you can come out of there with no injuries, it's a win win for you. No pressure, got some experience, shake off the rust. Um, in the past, the Cats, I believe it was the year they played. Idaho, and then they came back and played a Division II team, and I'm blanking on who it was. It was when Big Nell absolutely killed one of the running backs. Um, it was a Division oh, yeah. II game, so they went... Yeah, so yeah. it was massive. So they went up to FBS, came down, played and a Division barely II. barely lost that Idaho game. Barely lost. That was when Tyler Brugman uh, was starting, but they come back, and they, they get a game to kind of... They didn't really get to... It wasn't a full... You know, I don't know how to explain it. You, you're going against Idaho. Maybe you, you don't have that confidence after you lose that game. You come back, you get to beat up on a team, get some get some uh, some of those jitters at home out of the way. So I never really hated the playing up and then coming back and getting an easy win. But if as a fan, I would love play up and then come back and play an FCS slate the rest of the way. Good competition. Maybe, yeah, like you were saying, get a Valpo, get a Mississippi Valley State in there. Get a win, but play FCS so that those wins count for you when the playoff committee is looking at you at the end of the year. Yep. Completely agree. All right, so my third one. Uh, one of those things in the offseason that came up, Montana State, everybody's always wondering about their facilities. So Montana State's very close to breaking ground on the first phase of their, not rebuild, but their refresh of facilities, their their 20-year plan, which includes a football operations building that would almost uh, kind of close off that uh, south end of the, of the stadium in a, with a big building, kind of like, a Washington state or something like that, where you have that building that closes it in. I think it would look yeah, awesome. Or like a gonna... Weber state or like other shitty home state. Well, no, I mean, it, it would look good. It's going to look good. The football facilities are going to look even better than Montana's um, the arms race. The, <laughs> no, but that brings not. me, but this was a, this was my number three, a underneath <laughs> closing was that... off a shitty end of a shitty stadium does not bring you up to Washington Grizzly stadium standards. Oh no, no. I wasn't saying the actual stadium. I'm saying the facilities. Uh, okay. Which brings me to th- which brings me to three A, but Weber State and UC Davis both opened up some pretty fancy facilities, uh, practice facilities, locker rooms, uh, just general football facilities. Weber State's actually pretty amazing. It looked like there's a lot of Adidas 
logos in that um in that locker room so i'm kind of wondering how much money they're getting from adidas but uh, the big sky is definitely those top teams and it was kind of funny i mean uc davis has not been a top team until last year but they they spent some money to get that program some facilities so i think it'll be interesting to see the big sky arms race montana state is right about ready to break ground on that first phase so it's, it's good to see the programs putting some money or yeah the program's putting some money back into the facilities Getting, I mean, recruiting, it's going to, that's what it takes nowadays is those facilities. So Montana State about ready, but Weber State and UC Davis, uh, they, they opened up some pretty fantastic ones in the offseason. Yeah, well, hopefully Montana State doesn't show their recruits the scoreboard that's used in uh, Bobcat Stadium. When I was there two years ago with you, uh, granted the Grizz lost that game, but I was blown away at how shitty the scoreboard was. Oh, it yeah, was, I agree. The, I'm never going to defend that thing. Where the replay was being played was like one of those giant, uh, you remember like you'd have a friend that had like a big screen TV and it was one of those giant things that you had to sit like directly the projection in front screen. of. Yeah, it's so terrible. That's what you guys have. As, uh, oh, for sure. As, no, I'm, I'll never argue It's with you so about that. terrible. Um, so look, I, I think it's the more money coming into the league, uh, the better. Uh, but I'm, you know, for the Bobcats to be breaking ground, building on whatever shit they have. That's not super impressive to me. My third one, Nate, um, and this is a question to you. Last year, Big Sky Conference had four playoff teams. Your Montana State Bobcats, Weber State, Eastern, UC Davis. This year, all four of those teams are in the top 25 in every rankings. Um, in the Stats FCS, the Grizz are top 25, ranked number 25. Uh, if I set the over under for you at four, would you go over under or push? And is it the exact same playoff teams or is there someone new in the mix? I'm going to go and you're kind of stealing my next one too, is the strength of the big sky, but I'm going to go with four. I think it's going to be the same four teams. I don't, uh, and if there was a swap, if I think it would be Montana over Montana State, if there was a difference in the four teams, but I think it's going to be four. I mean, I don't know the last time the Big Sky has put five teams in the playoffs, and I'm not going to do the research to find out. Yeah, it's asking that. a lot of you. That's a lot. It's still this is like week one. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it's going to be four teams again. And um, my prediction right now, and you can write it down, is Eastern Montana State, Davis, and Weber. Okay. All right, what's your what do you think? Uh, what do you think? So, uh, uh, Parlay and I covered this kind of in the over under podcast, um, but I, I, I think the Grizz are a a talent wise a team that can not only make the playoffs but also do damage in the playoffs. But their schedule is Eesh. so so difficult. Um, what changed Where, from last year that you think they could do damage in the playoffs? I could see them getting to the playoffs if they beat the Cats last year. They score that touchdown. They go to the playoffs. But they don't do I, damage in the playoffs. Well, I think year. they – no, I think they – They think, win the first game. They play Incarnate Word at home probably. I think the Grizz were a better team than the Bobcats and fully embracing that the Bobcats had a better record, made the playoffs, won the game, completely embracing that. But I think the Grizz had a a – offense uh outside of their offensive line i think they had an offense that was super explosive they're bringing back basically everybody they had a wide they had a quarterback that could move and throw and they had some good wide receivers but i wouldn't say their offense was explosive in every facet 
Well, I mean, other than the running game was horrible. No, I mean, it, it wasn't horrible. It, it, the Grizz were, to me, a a strong team last year that missed the playoffs. Uh, this year, the window of kind of where they can land, I wouldn't be shocked if they missed the playoffs. Um, I think they could win as low as like five games. Um, but I do think they have the talent where they could be one of the top teams in the big sky. And so them making it, I don't know if that knocks anyone out of the playoffs. So if you put, if you put four, I guess I'd probably go over on four. I'm going five um, with, uh, with the four that made it last year and, and, and the Grizzlies. And the crazy part is the Grizz play all four playoff teams from last year. Yep. Crazy. No, they have, they have a, they have a, a gauntlet. Super difficult schedule. And we got Coach Hauk on next week um, where he talks about, you know, the the challenges of playing in the big sky and the schedules, but you have to step up. The Grizz also have a pretty tough out-of-conference schedule and a pretty tough, yeah. uh, you know, conference schedule outside of those four playoff teams. But Agreed. if you want to be a top-tier team that – those aren't guaranteed L's. And I don't think the Grizz are walking into this year looking at the, the four playoff teams and thinking we're going to lose all these games. Oh, I mean, obviously they're not going in there looking and thinking that. Um, and we can kind of segue into my next one. It was the strength of the big sky. Sure. Um, right here was the strength of the big sky. Looking at that, the five ranked teams, just like you mentioned. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I don't know if there's enough separation from you know, the one and two, three, like, do you want to say Eastern UC Davis and Weber are kind of that top tier? Yes, for sure. So, but I don't see a scenario where, you know, Montana state only plays Davis this year. They don't play Weber state or Eastern, but I, I don't see a scenario where the, the Grizz or the cats go into those games thinking it's an automatic loss. Like there's that much separation between those three and then the cats and the Grizz, which I think, I mean, it's a, it's a testament to, I think, we're kind of closing the gap on those top three teams. Who knows what UC Davis is going to do this year? They had they had a great year last year, and I'm not saying that they're going to be bad in any by any stretch of the imagination. But we haven't seen a a, a pattern of success at Davis, right? Right, that's right. And it's you know you have to ask this question: Are they you know more like a Southern Utah from a couple years ago, or are they actually kind of? moving Good. up yeah. and well, they have Jake Mayer Meyer, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and Southern Utah didn't have a best in the FCS kind of guy. Exactly. On the team. They no, might have, maybe on the defensive side, which we Southern don't pay U- attention to. Yeah. Southern Utah, they had Southern Utah had a couple NFL level, uh, defensive talents, but they also really benefited from a week schedule a couple yeah. years ago. And, and Davis I don't played a think lot of good teams last year. Though. Yeah. I don't think UC Davis is a team that, you know, was I don't a think fluke. A and Utah. I think with, you know, Coach Hawkins, I think these guys are legit, and I think they're going to be a problem this year and years going forward. Um, and that's why, you know, frankly, we can get into this later on, I suppose. But um, when we were doing our preseason rankings for the Big Sky, uh, I put UC Davis against ahead of Eastern Washington. I think they're basically on par talent wise, uh, pretty even when it comes to schedule. But Eastern lost a lot of people last year where UC Davis is bringing back a lot of their production on yeah, both Keelan sides. Keelan Doss is that big loss for Davis. Huge, huge. But you are also bringing back uh, Jake Mayermeyer. Yep. No, that's huge. And so, um, 
Yeah, all in all, it's just it's a it's a fun conference to be a part of. Yeah, we have the Cal Polys and the Sac States and the Portland States, who are gonna bring up the bottom of the conference. Who luckily Montana State gets to play like four of those teams this year. But yep, the top of the conference is as strong and is the probably the strongest conference right now in the in the FCS if everything holds like it is here in the preseason, which obviously means nothing. Preseason rankings don't mean anything, but uh, the Big Sky the the strength is there, and I don't think there's a humongous difference between the top five teams yeah no i think that's right and so moving on to to my next one uh i think in terms of identifying you know i think that we kind of have this tier 1a tier 1b um a team that can make it that we're not thinking about uh that can make a jump kind of like uc davis did next year um I want you to pick a team, the team that I'm going with. And I've said this on uh, a whole bunch of shows in the off season uh, and I'm sticking with it, but is Idaho state, Idaho state last year in terms just of like fantasy, you got I to love, meet fantasy. I love fantasy. I'm so in on fantasy as a coach, but even before I met him, um, Idaho state last year in terms of scoring offense, uh, in total offensive yardage, number three in the big sky. They're bringing back basically everybody but their quarterback. Um, now, losing a quarterback, that's huge. But if you can bring someone in that's serviceable, Idaho State was the fringe playoff team last year. Uh, they could be again this year. And they have a, uh, uh, a not easy but a manageable schedule that they can go forward with. I like Idaho state to make a jump. Um, they have a bye week in week one, um, which is both hilarious and also kind of gives you them an advantage. You got to yeah, get that rest, get, get a rest uh, week two. They're playing a division two team. So Idaho state is not really playing anybody of no until week three. Um, okay. And it gives them just more time to kind of figure out their quarterback situation, which is the biggest question mark they still have a name to start in quarterback um but they have time to figure this out where other teams are trying to figure this out an extra week of practice to try and name that they basically have two extra weeks to figure this out with a yeah so to me idaho state is a team that can make a jump could be in the playoff in conversation who do you think uh outside of these teams we've already talked about is someone that could make that jump well um so you were in spokane for the big sky conference media days right that's correct. And you saw in person, live, breathing, arms intact, Case Cookus, right? I did. He so he he's still alive. He's there. Yep. Did he look healthy? He looked healthy. He said he was ready to play. Okay. So I think you know where I'm going with this. Case Cookus and Northern Arizona would be that team that I would see that's outside the top twenty five right now that can make that playoff push. I look at their schedule. They go Missouri State from the Missouri Valley Conference, and then they go at Arizona, which Arizona just lost to Hawaii, so you never know what's going to happen there. Yep. But in the big sky, they get Montana State, Northern Colorado, Weber, Portland State, Eastern, Sac State, Southern, uh, Utah, and Idaho. So Montana State, Weber, and Eastern Washington are their three toughest games on the conference schedule. If they come away with one, if a, with a win in one of those, they could go two losses in conference this year. And... Uh, be that team that can get that 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 bid to the playoffs. So if I'm looking at a team that didn't do it last year, isn't you know projected right now to be a playoff team, I think Northern Arizona, if Cookus stays healthy and is the player that he was the first three, two years that he played, 
Uh, I think Northern Arizona could be that that kind of surprise team for me. Yeah, I mean, huge question mark is with their new coach, Chris Ball, um, to see what he does. They do have a pretty tough out-of-conference schedule with, you know, Missouri State and Illinois State. Um, It's all about conference when you're trying to get to the, you know, if you can get two losses. That's true, but you need those FCS wins. Um, So, look, I think I'm excited to watch – this episode is dropped. This, this episode, <laughs> yeah, this episode is dropping on Thursday. Uh, Arizona State, or sorry, Northern Arizona is playing Missouri State Thursday night. When you're listening to this, we're going to know tonight if Northern Arizona is going to be a threat in the Big Sky Conference. I can't. I'm I, a, I can't. That's actually. I can't wait to watch that game. Me too. I'm super pumped because it can. It's going to be. Uh, it it could. They could be a. The, the the range of outcomes for them is so great. They could be a bottom yeah. tier or a top tier team. We just don't yeah, know. Cookus, healthy Cookus, man. Yeah. Cookus is as good as they come. So I love the guy. I love yeah. the guy. Yep. I missed Completely him so much great. last year. Me too. I so tweeted at him back. a couple times. He never responded to me. So glad he's back. Me too. I'm going to try and tweet at him again. Yeah, you should. Uh, he's a super nice guy. Is it on me or is it on you? Um, I think it's my fifth. Okay. Go and ahead. it wouldn't this be going a first way too in- long. <laughs> it's preseason, man. Um, Troy Anderson, it, it can't be a first and ten without a without a Troy Anderson mention, right? Sure. And linebacker Troy Anderson this year, and it's just I can't get over how amazing this kid is, and I am so excited to see him at the linebacker position. We'll kind of talk about that when we look at the Montana State game and kind of looking ahead at the season. But Troy Anderson comes in as a, a safety slash linebacker out of Dillon. Running back freshman year, obviously quarterback last year, linebacker this year. As a Grizz fan like you are, can you not help but just absolutely love this guy? No, I've always loved him. He's- I know you always have, but doesn't it? I mean, he's going back to linebacker, and obviously they wouldn't be putting him there if he wasn't going to be an amazing linebacker. I mean, I no, think he- his lore and his legend grows every day, even when it's in the offseason. Totally. And I think he can. So to me, as a starting quarterback he couldn't top last year you cannot top with someone who he was not a good quarterback he was a he was not a traditional quarterback he was not a good quarterback he was probably the best your best option in terms of winning games but in terms of a traditional quarterback he's not good at the quarterback position so why like why run that back it's going to be very hard i don't think anybody wanted to run it back so so it's like great that he's getting out. He George Costanza's out when he's uh, when he hit his high note. Um, but I can't wait for him to play this year because what you know, Coach Choate said throughout all the offseason is he's going to be a part of the offense. So bringing, he's going to get his touches. Yeah, bringing Troy Anderson in uh, for some fullback, for some running back, for it's some wildcat. Fun. I can't wait. No, it's it's very exciting. He he's he's just amazing. I and I. I'm almost like already sad and it's not good to look this far ahead in your life, but I'm already sad. This is his second to last year. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, that's true. That's uh, that is We're over the true. halfway point. It makes me actually kind of depressed inside a little bit. Yeah. And maybe is there Bobcat football the when Trey Anderson leaves? No, I, I really can't. Um, I can't really imagine it. Yeah. Speaking of Bobcat football, we'll get to my last one. Um, well, actually, no, I have another last one. So, how many just real quick, just well one and then another explanation. But uh, <laughs> the Jacksonville State, Jacksonville State, we've posted oh this on our Twitter. God. Nate has posted this on his. 
Um, they, I was look. I think, I think hype videos generally are super lame. Oh, whoa. Totally. That's like, so much bullshit. Hype videos are the best thing about athletic hype videos, departments Twitter. Hype videos jumped the shark maybe no way. 15 years ago. I'm Out so of all the things them. you've ever said on this podcast, that might be the worst take you've had. But that, but we have seen maybe the worst hype video came out with Jacksonville State. Oh my God. Uh, uh, a couple days ago. It's on our Twitter. We don't need to get into it too much because there's just too many weird little uh, uh, actions that happen. But oh my goodness. holy smokes, definitely check it out and How let us know. How were you when you were any. watching that? So uncomfortable. I was at work and I had to like stop it. It's like I don't know if this is someone's gonna walk by and you're gonna get me appropriate. Too'd. Like the you're gonna get one hundred percent me too. Yeah, totally. It was. It was I felt like I was me too. Insane. It's when I was watching it and that one guy ripped his shirt off. I was like, what the <laughs> shit is going on? No, I, I thought it was, and it was like slow mo. Like a, I thought it was a parody video, but everybody it wasn't. So everybody in the video is going. In, it's all in slow motion, but I don't oh think gosh. I don't think they had a camera that had a slow motion feature. So I think they're all just like just moving slow, moving in slow motion. There's just something very eerie about that whole. And thing. if you're gonna have a dude rip his shirt off, make it be one of your like jacked up linebackers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's bad. It's bad. So first and 10, it's gone way too long. Um, We are now going to uh, move. Now I can't get the damn video out of my head. I know it's so bad, but we're now going to go. We had a a great interview with coach Jeff Choate uh, when we were in Spokane a few weeks ago, look forward to the season, look forward to uh, his time with the Bobcats and also talked about his view of the media, including us on Montana men's sports. We were, it's, it sounds like throughout the video that we like put this soft sound or throughout the interview that we put this soft soundtrack, uh, behind it to set the mood. That's not the case. We're sitting in some hotel lobby where they had some music going in the background. So excuse that, but, uh, let's kick it to Jeff Choate right now. And just know when we started the interview, he was super scared to talk to me, um, cause he's a big chicken. So we'll, from there, we'll go to uh, coach Jeff Choate interview now. We're very excited to welcome Coach Jeff Choate of the Montana State Bobcats, winner of three consecutive Bobcat Grizzly games. Coach, you're entering this season with very high expectations. You're high in the polls. A lot of buzz here in Spokane about what your team's capable of. Uh, But I have a hypothetical for you. Um, I know you're always kind of going against this narrative of you have to earn it on the field and everything in the preseason doesn't doesn't matter that much. What do you think the narrative would be of your team if – the fumble in Missoula never happened. So the Grizz punch in the touchdown. You guys have a fairly successful season, but you don't make the playoffs, and you're coming into 2019 without that playoff win and without that third consecutive Cat Grizz win. Yeah, I don't, I don't live in hypotheticals. <laughs> I live in reality, and I think that's the one thing that all football coaches do. And, yeah. you know, so um, if, you take, if you rewind it and you say, okay, what happens if – it's just like preseason poll. I mean, it didn't happen, so it doesn't yeah. matter. It's totally irrelevant. The conversation to me is about uh, continual progress. And, and so whether, whether that game uh, swings their way or our way, 
Um, we still got our uh, a first winning season in several years. We've still built a good foundation. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get an opportunity to create that momentum and have that that opportunity to get into the playoffs because I do think that was super valuable for us. Not so much really the first round win. I think was I I felt like and I told our AD I said if we you know if we get a home game we're going to win it. Um, but you know the thing that I really learned a lot from was was getting our tails kicked out in Fargo. You know, I think that was probably the most valuable thing. So what would be different is I wouldn't have gotten that lesson mm-hmm. on, hey, what do you, how do you manage your roster going into a hostile environment, and, you know, seven-time national champion type environment, how to, uh, how to deal with the academic piece during that time where they're right up against finals. Um, so I think the, the, the downside would have been less for our program and more for me from a professional standpoint of how to manage that playoff run. And I think that's where I really gained something from that. Got it. And, and so kind of on this same line about lessons for your players, there are high expectations going into this season. Um, you have the chance to win four straight Cat Grizz games, the first time that would happen since the 1970s. And I'm sure your players are hyped up for this season. What are some specific steps that you're taking to help keep them grounded going into the year? It's really interesting that you ask that question because this is, this, remember, this is a group of young men led by and large by guys that were here year one, two, three. And so the, the incremental incremental progress, them understanding what we came from, where we were, um, we were four and seven that first campaign. Um, not a very good football team, quite honestly. Uh, a lot of holes in our roster, a lot of guys that maybe uh, you know weren't completely bought in to the change or the culture shift. And now, um, because those guys are the guys that are leading our program, I don't think there's anybody that's that's taking anything for granted or thinking that they've arrived. I mean, certainly we have not. Uh, you know, we haven't punched that ticket yet. We haven't won a conference title. We haven't got a, a seat into the playoffs. And so, um, while the expectations have increased, I don't think that they're uh, to the point now where we've got to really pull our guys back. I think we want them to have some confidence and feel good about where they're at, and they've earned the right to to be in the conversation. But that's about it. Got it. So I have a couple questions just from, uh, I think it's something that fans don't have good insight into in both of these questions. So you speak often in your interviews about how you're motivated by, you know, molding your players into, into men and making, you know, like making sure you're developing these players into uh, contributing members of society. I think you've phrased it before. Um, that mindset and that motivation, it's obviously admirable, but it may not always be in line with like what your fans and what your boosters want Mm -hmm. the motivation to be, which is winning. How do you walk that line between kind of those two, not always competing forces, but sometimes competing forces? Yeah, well, I think think they really walk hand in hand. I think, you know, your best kids are usually your best players. Your smartest guys are usually your smartest players. And so uh, helping young men to, to make better decisions and helping them to figure out what their vision is for their life and how working together towards a common goal can benefit them personally as well as hopefully in the future professionally. Uh, those things are they're, they're not mutually exclusive and, and, and I think that's one thing that I try to keep in mind with them. And then the other thing is just this idea of process over product. You know, that, that no matter what, if we do things the right way, mm-hmm. eventually the product will take care of itself. Just focus on doing things the right way. Just focus on being a winner and doing what a winner does and pretty soon you're going to become that person. And so, um, like I said, I don't see these things as mutually exclusive. I see these things as really tied together. And, um, and I believe it. And even if it doesn't go our way, I will feel very good about what we've accomplished. 
Got it. So another area where I think fans don't have a great kind of insight into is recruiting. We kind of know the end result. We kind of know like your list of targets and holes from the year before. But as a coach and your process and your team's process, you're obviously going after a lot of the same guys as the guys up the highway in Montana, especially for in-state talent. What is your strategy and your team's strategy if you're going into a house or a room to sit down with a kid and you know that Coach House team has just been there? Well, I, you know, here's the thing I know about the Montana, Montana State thing. There's going to be, there's going to be kids that are going to grow up and they're going to be Grizzlies no matter what. And there's going to be kids that are going to grow up and they're going to be Bobcats no matter what. And then there's your handful of flip of the coin kids in the state of Montana every year. And so, you know, I feel like I don't really recruit against the University of Montana. What I have to do is I have to sell my vision for the program at Montana State and what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. I think you really have to be careful not to make it an us versus them deal. I think you've got to focus on what you have to offer and the direction and the vision that you have for your program. And so that's what I focus on. You know, one of the things we sell, bottom line, Bozeman is a top 10 place you can live in the country. Okay, Montana State has nationally ranked programs in engineering, mathematics, film and TV, go down the list. We're a tier one Carnegie institution and we've got a nationally ranked football program. There's not very many places in the country that can say all of those three things. And so, uh, while the University of Alabama probably has some really top-notch academic programs and clearly has a great football program, Tuscaloosa is not on a lot of top place to live. <laughs> and so, that's no knock on the University of Alabama by any stretch of the imagination. But I think you get what I'm coming from. Is totally. That, like, we, that's what we're selling. That's what we're focusing on. Yeah. I always kind of worry with Cal Poly that, I mean, the destination of Cal Poly is such a beautiful area that if they ever got their recruiting together, that they'd be able to pull yeah, kids I in. Yeah, I think, and I feel the same way, but I think a lot of it has to do with just the way the state of California is. Yeah. They're not going to really be able to attract uh, a lot of out-of-state talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's so many options in the state of California. And, and obviously, it's a very high academic school. And so we find ourselves actually, you know, in the, in the out-of-state recruiting battles in the big sky, we run into Cal Poly and Davis more than we do anybody else. Yeah. Um, and obviously, in-state is, is a different animal with the University of Montana. But the out-of-state battles for us, Ivy League schools, uh, service academies, and then within the big sky, Davis and Poly. Yeah. So I just have a couple more questions. I'm going to be mindful of your time. We had one question uh, that we polled our fans um, and asked but they want to know, uh, this was submitted, if the Bobcats were an NFL team, what NFL team would they be? And with kind of the mindset being NDSU would be the Patriots. We'd be the 85 Bears. Okay. <laughs> I, like <that. laughs> uh, I like that a lot. Um, and so I, I do, we talk about this on the pod all the time. I need to bring it up to you. You have the Montana Mint Sports blocked on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to read. I do? You what, do. What is Twitter? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. Um, I'm going to read you the tweet. Uh, and ask you to respond. This is the tweet that got us blocked. Coach Choate seems like the type of guy who drinks a lot of IPAs, even though he doesn't like the taste of IPAs. Would you care to defend your stance on IPAs? Well, I, I, wanna, I want you to know this, first of all, that, that I do like the taste of IPAs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, it's not a personal stance on anything. Um, you know, I just I try, to, I try to keep our, you know, quite honestly, Twitter's a primarily a recruiting tool for yeah. us, obviously, in terms of how we communicate with young men um, per NCAA rules with direct messages and things of that nature. And so when things come up that are going to be like, oh, you know, this could be controversial or this could be something that could, you know, give a parent concern, we try to, we try to filter it that way. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a personal stance <laughs> against the Montana men. It was more of a business decision. Well, I appreciate that answer, <laughs> sir. One last question, um, and then we'll let you go. Uh, I've heard you say a lot that, or in a recent interview, you said that Bozeman is the second longest place you've ever lived. I don't know if that's true or hyperbole in the moment, um, but I'm wondering, assuming that Montana State will have you, how long would you like to stay in Bozeman? 
Well, I think I think what I said was that you know if I can if I make it through this next year, it'll be the second longest place I've ever lived. But uh, I feel um, pretty confident you're going to make it through this. Yeah. Year. So. Um, you know, I, I, there's no crystal ball. I mean, I think there's so many awesome things that we have going for, uh, for us there, and it's been a lot of hard work. One of the things you don't want to do is to put in a bunch of work, especially as close as we are to getting this facility done. Yep. You know, there's just some really cool things that are on our horizon that I would love to experience and be a part of at Montana State, both on the academic side and, and, and on the athletic side. I have a really good relationship with Leon, and uh, I think that's a maybe something that, you know, I mean, probably Leon and Waddett are the two biggest things that I got going for me there. And so I, I want to make sure that uh, I stay there as long as they're there. Good. Well, Coach, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We wish you the best of luck against Texas Tech. And this is Coach Jeff Choate, Montana Men's Sports. All right, so a big thank you to head coach of Montana State, Jeff Choate, for sitting down with Bear Tycoon at the Media Days in Spokane. It was awesome to get him to sit down with the Montana Mint, recognizes the real journalists that we are. Um, how, did it, how did it feel to get to sit down with him? Uh, you know, it changed your opinion, right? I, I certainly did not change my opinion. He super oh. super nice guy, um, and I get, I get the appeal. Um, my two takeaways was like, you know, one, I get, I get why people buy into the the cult of Jeff Choate. He's super engaging. He's super nice. I like to call it culture. Um, but two, as you listen in the in the last question I asked him, he's pretty non-committal about long term at Mont- Montana State. This is a guy that definitely uh, sees himself moving up forward. And um, you know, I think if you know, Central Michigan or some bullshit FBS job opens up. Jeff Choate has another playoff appearance. I would not be shocked to see him go. If I was a Bobcat fan, I may want to have a down year. I may want to have a four-win season just to kind of keep him around. <laughs> would, well, yeah, any Grizz fan would say that. But, you know, um, I mean, I think that's the old. I mean, I don't think as an FCS school you can ever be mad when one of your guys goes up to the FBS. It just shows he was building a program, a team liked it, and you're probably better off – like Rob Ash wasn't going to get an FBS job when he left. So, um, and then, you know, there's always the chance that he comes back 10 years later, uh, you know, and does uh, round two and then misses the playoffs his first year. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> there's always that. I can't, I can't wait to see Jeff Choate in uh, 2029. Coming back to Montana state. Yep. <laughs> same bullshit. Um, hey, it works, right? You're, you're part of that cult, that cult now. Totally. So. Um, before you can answer that, we're going to look at MSU. So obviously the game this week, we've talked about a little bit, Texas Tech, FBS school, new coach this year, air raid offense, uh, the best looking coach in the game, got fired last year um, at Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury. Now he's up in Arizona, Cardinals head coach. So um, it's that playoff game. We already talked about it. We, we like it when our team plays up and the Grizz obviously do too uh, this year, not this week, but they do play up this year. So uh, Texas Tech. We don't know much about them. New team, but they did. Their new head coach comes from Utah State where they're putting up like 500 yards a game, scoring some points. So it's probably going to be one of those games that Montana State is going to give up some points. And you know what? The only thing I'm looking at is if we get out of there without any injuries, it's going to be a great, great day to be a Bobcat. Yeah, I mean, that that has to be the mindset. You cannot go into this game expecting anything else. Um yeah, you know, the last time Texas Tech played Montana State was uh, they won thirty-five to zero, and that was in nineteen thirty-six. 
Look at you doing some research. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a very strong researcher, but I do think, you know, a 35 point margin of victory for Texas Tech would be a disappointment uh, this year. I think, you know, it is so hard for your new quarterback, uh, Ballman. Joe Ballman. Ballman. What's his name? Ballman. Jo- it's Ballman. Joe Ballman. It's really easy. It's just Ballman. What's his first name? Casey. Casey. I blanked for a second. Casey Ballman. Um, Ballman. He, there's not even an L in there. There's literally no L. So he is going to – this is his first game. Uh, so uh, this is a tough task. I expect Montana State to look like complete dog shit. Um, but – I don't think I disagree there. I think I don't think we're going to know who they really are um, no. until week two or three when they when they face some competition. No, and I agree. And I think um, I was uh, I wrote something for the the Montana Mint that we'll be posting uh, tomorrow or Friday about the five things I'm looking forward to going into this game. Ooh, nice. One of them is not a yeah I know. <laughs> One of them is not a win. Um, I'm not looking to see if Montana State can win this game. I'm not looking to see if they can even keep it close, to be honest with you. I don't think they look like dog shit, but I also don't think with the personnel that they have right now with Bauman, with Troy Anderson, with Travis Johnson, with all these guys who can take snaps, open up the playbook, I don't think Montana State's going to show anything. Yeah, and they shouldn't. Why weekend. would they? No, Why and it's just going to be just like when they played Wazoo two years ago uh, when Chris Murray was starting. They had like one play over eight yards, and it was a run. Um they didn't open up the playbook. They went in there. They got their money. They stayed healthy. They saw what some guys could do. And they came out with like a respect. I think it was like 31 nothing, 30-something yeah. nothing. It seemed I mean, like the no Bobcats injuries, uh, strategy last year against North Dakota State. Well, yeah, you don't want to give away the playbook for this year. And um, North Dakota State's an FBS school, basically. But no, I, I just don't think you're going to see much. Like I'm excited for the game, but I'm expecting it to be pretty vanilla from Montana State's perspective, I guess. Like, Why are you going to give away some plays in this playbook in a game that you're not going to win. And you're coming home with half a million dollars anyway. Yep. No, they should. The goal should be don't, don't show anyone else. Cause I mean, the, the cats have a, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a challenge to uh, uh, match their win total for next year um, or from last year. But I think their offense is going to be a big challenge. Um, and so why tip your, tip your cards at all yeah. here and just come away without, without an injury. Get, get your offense off. The field. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think we're on the yeah, same page. This is going to be not, we are not except for the part where you said that their offense is going to be a challenge this year. I honestly think they have some weapons on offense. They just have to figure out what kind of quarterback they have in vomit. And I mean, that's what, I mean, look, Cal Poly had some weapons last year on offense and they, they had one, they had Joe pro throw. Um, they weren't fun to watch. It's, I, I don't know. You, and you're, are you, you can never compare the fun of watching Trey Anderson to the, quote unquote fun of watching Joe pro throw for 18 years. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's that much difference between the two. I, I just, I think, look, I think the Bobcats have a, an excellent defense um, and they might have a, a good enough offense to be, you know, a, a playoff yeah. team. Again, we don't know. Um, and, no, and, and that's, I, that's the, that's the one thing I want to see more. so bad. Yeah, you're right. I want to see it so bad, but I know I'm not going to see it. I mean, you can't judge him by this game by any stretch totally. of the imagination. Nope, but we can judge him by um, by the end of their out of conference schedule. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, looking ahead, we can look ahead. You know, they have Southeast Missouri State next week or the seventh, um, September seventh, under the lights, Gold Rush in Bozeman. Uh, they're a number seventeen ranked team in the FCS right now in the stats poll. So that's where you're going to start to see, and that's why I'm I'm more excited for that September seventh game against Southeast Missouri State because I think we're going to see the real cats, obviously. 
It's an FCS game that can get you into the playoffs. It's an FCS win. Yep. You open up the playbook. You you see what Bauman is is built. They they give Troy those touches on offense. That's the game I cannot wait for. Even though it's football, we're excited for this weekend because it's 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 football. But that, that oh, yeah. September seventh game is going to be the one that uh, it's going to be hard to work that week because I'm going to be so excited for that game. Yep. No, I mean that's really opening opening day. I mean it's it's similar. We'll get to the the Grizz yeah, in right. South like Dakota, but it, it like it is it's opening day. That's when you're really going to see what this Bobcat team is is worth. Um, you know, uh, next week they'll, they'll, so the 14th, they'll go on the road, uh, to Western Illinois, our man on the field, our gambling expert, uh, Montana parlay is going to be at that game. And that game will probably be on ESPN plus. Yeah. And parlay told us last night on the, uh, the new show, big sky, big takes, by the way, new podcast, big sky, big takes. It's like around the horn, but for big sky football, Catch it in the Montana Mint Sports uh, podcast feed or any podcast feed from a show in the Big Sky Podcast Network. But Montana Parlay told us he's getting on a train in Chicago at 8 a.m. to head to wherever Western Illinois is located. Uh, I can't remember. Macomb? Does that sound right? Macomb? Yeah, it is Macomb. Macomb. It is, yeah. It's three hours away. and On a train. And the, the kickoff is at 3 p.m. He's getting on a train and starting drinking at 8 a.m. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be, we fun. should see if we can get him a media pass. Yeah, we should. Uh, well, they, that might well, be not. criminal liability on our <laughs> Could part. Be problematic. Um, but no, so look to me, this is every year as a head coach, you need to improve upon the last year until you reach the top. And then you just maintain Jeff Jode has improved every single year as Montana state's head coach. He's gone four and seven, five and six. And with the playoffs last year, eight and five, I don't think he's going to improve on that eight and five record this year. I think he has, I think there's too much hype over this Bobcat team. And I say this as objectively as I can, which is 0% objective. I think, look, I, I Brent Wahlberg made this point yesterday um, on big sky, big takes Jay Hill at Weber state has more wins over the past two years than Jeff Choate does over the past three years. I think Montana State is a like a solidly middle tier team, and last year they vastly overperformed. Um, you have the benefit, Nate, of having a pretty weak schedule, um, and you have to take advantage of the games against Sacramento State, games against Southern Utah, Northern Arizona, Norfolk State. Um, but that only gets you four wins, and to get to eight wins, there are some pretty tough games. You don't on think Cal? Show me where the other tough games are. So, okay. Southeast Missouri State. Southeast Missouri team. State okay. and Western Illinois. Which, who we beat last year. We, we, all right, but it's not a guaranteed win. Two years ago. Two years ago. No, in 2018. You beat them last year. Last year. Yeah. Um, okay. Would Are either of those guaranteed wins? I'm guaranteeing Western Illinois. Okay. Then we go, so Norfolk State, Norfolk that State. should be a win. Win. Okay. Northern Arizona. They're going to suck this year. They're not even going to be close to make the playoffs. <laughs> Northern Arizona, <laughs> who we've talked about, could be tough. Okay, I'm gonna, that's a 50-50 game right now. Okay. Cal Poly. At Cal win. Poly. Win. Okay. Sacramento Sac State. State. That's win. Win. North Dakota. Dog shit. Win. Oh, my God. North Dakota is not dog shit. It's at North Dakota. Well. That's going to be a tough game. Um, Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. Win. Wins. At home. At UC Davis versus Montana. 
their first conference loss. Okay. So eight, eight games last year, including the playoffs this year, if we, so not including the playoffs, just regular season, Parlay and I set the line at seven and a half. Would you wins? Would seven and a half wins? Would you take the over on that? Yes, you would. How yeah. confident are you? Very confident. How much? If we could find a bookie to take a bet, how much would he put down? Hundred bucks? More? A thousand bucks? That'd be my sweet spot. Okay, thousand bucks. Thousand bucks and yes. seven and a half. If you can find a bookie, I will bet the over on seven and a half. Wins. Okay, let me let me text some people. That's a, and I promise you. I will. Okay, that is a. I will show you the bet. Put in. Okay, let let me uh, text some folks. Let's see if we can get this because there's no no one will give an an actual uh, over under line for FCS football. But I think I have some see, it, some shady. If anybody listening has a bookie that would take this. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Over seven and a half wins. Um, yeah, for sure. So, and then moving on to the Grizz, do you have anything else you want to talk about for the Bobcats? Um, no, just excited for the season, excited for this game this weekend. And, uh, yeah, over, over seven and a half wins is a, is a mortal lock. Okay. Um, moving on to the Grizz with this kind of wide range window, we set the line at six and a half wins for the Grizzlies because they have a significantly harder schedule. Um, I'm a little worried about the Grizz, but I also think they could walk away from here with like it's a 12 game schedule. Yeah. I think they could probably walk away with like nine wins, eight, nine Whoa. wins, eight, nine wins. I'd probably, so that to me, that is the ceiling. I also think they could win four games. Um, <laughs> I like how you just give yourself an out on that. Yeah. But I am, uh, yeah, well, maybe I am their schedule. So out of conference, we'll get through this super quick. Obviously at South Dakota this weekend, they're five and a half point underdogs on the road. Their next three games, uh, Northern Alabama or North Alabama at home. Uh, they should win, but that's a, they're pretty solid, like FCS program, a middle tier FCS program. So that's not a guarantee. Obviously a loss at Oregon. And then Monmouth is another middle tier FCS team. Um, Start out of conference on my birthday, September 28th. Holy crow, I'm going to be 35. Uh, at UC Davis, super Loss. tough. Idaho State, who I just talked about, being a, a fringe playoff team. Up and comer. Uh, at Sac State, that should be a win. Are you going to go to that game? Should be. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, but, you know, you also said that Portland State at home was going to be a for sure win last year. Yeah. Uh, so you never know. Yeah, we talked to the Portland State guys about that um, in Spokane. Um, then Eastern in Missoula, it's probably an L, uh, <laughs> at Portland state, Idaho at Never home, know. Idaho at home, they have their number the last couple of years, Idaho at home, Weber at home, and then go on the road, Montana, Montana state. That's such a tough schedule. It's so tough. So as a Grizz fan, um, you know, I just, I think we can get to like eight wins. I feel like I, th- I think they're good. I think they're really talented. I just team. love, love, love how you think the Mon- that Montana state overachieved last year, made the playoffs, played a hell of a schedule to get there, but you think they're going to to like go, go backwards this year, but the Grizz lose their last three games of the year, including the cat Grizz game. Don't make the playoffs show weaknesses at some positions. And all of a sudden you think they're an eight, nine win team. Yeah. 
And I don't understand where it's coming from. I honestly have no idea why you think the Bobcats would regress and the Grizz would well, improve based on what we've two seen. Two things can happen simultaneously, Nate. They're two different programs. And I think what a Grizz fan... What so, path have the Cats been on that they would regress? In a 12-game in a season, if the Grizz lose South Dakota, Oregon, Davis, and Eastern, everything else is like, a winnable game. They can lose a lot of these well, games. Every too. game is winnable. Like it's the big sky. Like every one of those games is winnable. So you can't say that like, I mean, Weber state's going to be a tough game. At least it's at home. It's a six and a half. So, um, I would join you. Um, and I actually just got a text back from my friend who checked with his bookie that said he would take our bet at Montana state over seven and a half for a thousand bucks. Um, I would join you, Nate. If maybe we split now, let's just, we could do a thousand each and I'd go over on six and a half for the Grizz. I bet you he would, he would give us that. If I can get him to do that, you're not going to get very good odds with that one. If I can get him to do that, will you, uh, will you do this with me? I'm not going to, I am not personally going to spend any money on the Grizz. I'm going to do my thousand on the cats. No, that's what I'm saying. If, if you do this cats. Oh bet, yeah, I'm going to do it. Oh, for sure. Bet. I'm in. I am that confident. Okay. All right. So cats, Nate, a thousand, $1,000. Three zeros. For over seven and a half wins. And I'm going to do yes. the same. The Grizz six and a half wins. Assuming this book, you will take it, which I'm assuming you will and find out the odds. I'm assuming that your odds aren't going to be that great i mean it's gonna be like minus one well no he just gave us he gave us even odds on the cats so on the cats yeah that's a i mean eight eight wins getting to eight wins is a little tougher than getting to right, seven. well let's see but all right that's our move um that's all look i am interested like in this in this in this grizz game coming up this weekend though south dakota i'm, I'm really i'm more excited probably to watch that game than i am the montana state game it's an fcs fcs it's the game it's of the week ESPN it's probably Plus. the fcs game of the week it's it's a great matchup it's a great matchup, and I'm excited to, to watch that game to see what kind of team the Grizz have. Don't care about South Dakota, obviously, but I really am um, interested to see what the Grizz have. If they lose that first game, Grizz Nation is going to be freaking out. I, I don't agree with that. I I think this is for the Grizz to get kind of to, – for the Grizz to be a top-tier team in the big sky, they need to win this game, period. Um. But they are they're five and a half point underdogs, and this is a game on Which the I road. I I don't. If I'm betting on the Grizz, I'm taking the Grizz plus five and a half. But so I, I and I think the past couple of years have scarred Grizz fans. Where I don't think a loss to South Dakota, who's a solid team on the road, is going to scar the Grizz. And I don't think I'm not going to scar them, but there's going to be some people on E Grizz freaking out. Yeah, I mean you can find some more on anywhere, but I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, if we lose a game to North Alabama or Monmouth, people are going to be freaking out. There may be a person or two freaking out if we lose this game. Uh, okay. I don't know. They're five Probably and a half point underdogs. Hot seat if they lose this game. I don't know. Five and a half point underdogs. They're five and a half point. They're five and a half point dogs, yet they're ranked and South Dakota's not. It's just like, and Montana Parlay pointed this out on Twitter today. When the Grizz beat Northern Iowa last year, the Grizz were favored in that game. Northern Iowa was ranked. The Grizz were not. And they called that an upset. So it's like you can pick which side you want to be on. It's not an upset if the Grizz win this game. They're ranked 25. South Dakota no, I don't is think unranked. It's an, well, I mean, 
by definition, it's Vegas enough. Wise it is, yeah, yes, by definition, that. it is. It would be an upset. But, but uh, if the Grizzlies I don't think this game, you're losing be... to an unranked team and they're out of the top 25, and that's not the way you want to start out your season. Yeah. No, this would be it would be a it would be a bad loss, but not a. I mean, the Grizz are not ranked in most rankings. That NR and, that that other they that are, others receiving votes column is not fun to look at on stats on a Monday. Yeah, no, I do not. I do not want to. I want the Grizz to be moving up the rankings, not down the rankings. Well, yeah, that's a that's a good fan. I'm 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 glad you realized that one. Okay, well, speaking of gambling, uh, Montana Parlay, who gave a lot of this information out. Um, in the Big Sky Big Takes uh, show yesterday. He's also going to be publishing a lot of stuff on Twitter. Follow him at Montana Parlay. But uh, should we toss it over to him to give his parlay picks yep. for the week? So here he is. You know the trumpets will play him in. So here is Montana Parlay with uh, the gambling talk discussing this week in FCS football. <laughs> Welcome to the new and improved edition of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. This year we are mixing things up. With legal gambling coming to a state near you, our objective in this segment is to make you money. Each week we will review the lines for the Bobcat and Grizz games and make two picks from across the big sky. I'm starting with 100 minties and we will bet accordingly based on how confident I am with each pick. The goal obviously is to increase our bankroll. Montana State heads to Lubbock, Texas to take on the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, where the Bobcats find themselves to be 25-point underdogs. I don't have much to say about this game besides that I hope no one gets injured and Bauman can get some good reps. Montana starts off with a very intriguing matchup against a Missouri Valley opponent when they face South Dakota, where they are currently four-point underdogs on the road. This might be the FCS matchup of the week, and if you like the Grizz, Get in your bets quickly as this line has been trending down. On to my picks. We will start with Thursday night's game in Flagstaff, where the home team Lumberjacks are underdogs in their high elevation stadium. You're telling me I get an elite QB in Cookus at home at 6,900 feet above sea level against a team from Missouri? I'm betting 15 minties on the money line to win 18 since they are plus 120 dogs. UC Davis exploded onto the scene last year and exceeded expectations in the big sky. They start off with a tough Pac-12 matchup when they travel to Cal. I don't know if they will cover the spread, but I do think they will score some points. I'm putting my money on the over, which is currently at 48. 11 minties to win 10. That will do it for this week's picks. Make sure to follow along on Twitter, at Montana Parlay, and good luck to all you gamblers out there. All right, thank you to Montana Parlay. We always appreciate you coming on and doing your gambling picks. Let's hope you can keep that up for the rest of the season. No skipping weeks. Yeah. Am I, am I right, Barry? <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of faith in you, Montana Parlay, that you can do this. Tons of faith year. that we even had to say that on the podcast. That's how much faith we have in you. Yes. We know what's right, going so, to happen. <laughs> so, exactly. So, um, we're going to do a little bit of our segments here. We're going to get into our, our, our kind of the end of the podcast segments. The first one is one of our favorites, Around the Big Sky, where we look at who's playing who this week. And we're going to each pick the top two games that we cannot wait to watch 
besides our Montana team. So we're going to start out. It actually starts, um, you'll be listening to this on Thursday, August 29th. So it starts Thursday. We have Missouri State University at Northern Arizona. We have Northern Colorado playing up at San Jose State. We get to Saturday's slate of games. We have Eastern Washington playing up at University of Washington, the Huskies. We have San Diego traveling to San Luis Obispo playing Cal Poly. We have Montana heading to Vermilion, South Dakota to play South Dakota. Portland State heading to Arkansas, playing up, going to get their asses kicked. Montana State heading down to Texas Tech, should be a great game. Idaho <laughs> getting 1.5 mil to go over to Penn State. Is it Happy Valley? Yes. Is that where that is? Happy I Valley. Right. Yep. I think so too. Uh, UC Davis heading up to Berkeley to play Cal. We have Southern Oregon University, our first lower division team. Southern Oregon University coming over to Sacramento to play the Hornets. We have Weber State traveling to San Diego State, a game that could definitely be a win for an FBS opponent or an FCS opponent. Uh, Southern Utah heading over to UNLV, and that is our slate of games. So when you look at the Big Sky, obviously nobody playing intra-conference, everything out of conference, everybody uh, you know, getting their sea legs. Who? What are the two games that you're going to pay attention to besides the Cats and the Grizz game? So, I mean, number one, I'm I'm definitely going to be watching the Northern Arizona game tonight. I'm uh, I'm with you in. I mean, if you've listened to this pod in the past, you know we're both big Case Cookus guys. I'm excited to see huge what they're going to do. And by the way, Case Cookus, super nice guy. Could not have been a nicer guy. So, I'm I'm going to be watching to see what they do. The second game. Um, uh, that I'm interested to see is this Northern Colorado game. Not because I have a lot of confidence in Northern Col- Colorado. They were bad last year. They lost a lot of players more than any other team in the big sky conference. Uh, so they should be worse, but for whatever reason, they're playing FBS San Jose state and are on the road and are only 10 point underdogs. I don't know if Vegas is seeing something that I, I haven't seen. I think they think it's Colorado. I don't know if I think San the odds Jose maker was like, oh, the Buffaloes are playing. Yeah, I don't know if San Jose State is just way worse. Well, they're than, bad. They're bad, and they're actually ranked um, in the Sagarin ratings. They're like it's like Montana, San Jose State, Montana State. They're like all like within five spots of each other. Um, but there's Which still something. they're playing Northern Colorado, who is just totally but ten. Ten and a half points. I agree. Uh, yeah, I w- if, if I was a gambling man, which I am, obviously, I would <laughs> just put a thousand dollars down on the Grizzlies. <laughs> if I were to gamble, if I were, if I were to besides gamble, that thousand dollars I just put down on more than that thousand dollars, team. Yeah, uh, I'm super interested in just to see what what am I missing? Like to me, yeah. I feel like I know something. I want to be proven wrong. I think San Jose State's going to win you, by a million points. You said you said you were. I cannot remember what game it was, but last season you had a game that you were going to bet the condo on. Oh, con- Idaho State versus North Dakota, and would have lost. Would have lost. So, lost. That, so are you really so into? No, I'm not. I'm not going to put anything on. This. You're not going to bet the condo on Northern Colorado San Jose State. No, I'm not. It's okay. It is last you year. One, you get one condo bet a year, and I was just checking. I to see well, I only have one condo it. to bet. So exactly. Yeah. Um. I would like two condos, so maybe I will. You'd have bet two it. condos. We'll you'd have two condos if you win your first condo game. That's true. I've had so many condos to bet. Um, no, but I am. Uh, I, I just want to know what's happening that I'm not. So seeing. you, so your two games, you're you have no delayed gratification. You are a instant gratification person, and both the games you're most excited to see are Thursday night. That's correct. 
Such a millennial. Yes. Wow. I'll have I'll pick two new games on Friday. What are you? What are you? What are you? I have to agree with you. And we are. We are, like I said, we already talked about it. So good. Good podcasting where we just repeat segments for the sake of time. But Missouri State, Northern Arizona, my my first game that I can't wait to see. Uh, I'll be tuning into that. It's uh, I don't know. Probably on probably on Pluto. I'd guess. Hopefully, hopefully that's why I'm counting on Pluto, yeah. just so I can see it. Yeah. Um, my second game that I'm interested in seeing it it is an FCS playing up game. It's Weber State at San Diego State. I think Weber State's a seven point a touchdown dog right now. Okay, and I think they have a chance. That's a that's the game that um, you didn't ask me about that game when you asked me about which of those three games uh, the FCS school could win. If you would have asked me about Weber State, San Diego State, I think Weber State's the team that has the best shot at knocking off a FBS opponent. Uh, Weber State's good. They're only seven point dogs. They could pull that off down in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. No, I, so. I'm excited for that. I'm also looking forward to uh, UC Davis at Cal. At Cal, yeah. Um, so Northern Arizona, it, that game is on Pluto TV. I was okay, just, good. I looked it up on the Big Sky Conference. Uh, website Northern Colorado at ha- San Jose State, both TV and digital. It just says not available. Oh, there's cool. <laughs> so you can't watch that game anywhere. Well, I won't be watching that one then. <laughs> That's all right, but it's going to be. Uh, I mean, I'm just excited the football's back. Obviously, these games don't mean uh, don't mean much when you're playing up because it's not going to really hurt you. I mean, if you win, it's amazing for your playoff chances. A huge. Yeah, uh, a win like that just elevates you above any other bubble teams. If you are, if you do end up on the bubble, so it's for those teams. You know, there's something a little bit to play for, I guess. Um, nothing that's obviously going to have a massive, a massive um, impact on the on the season besides that Missouri State Northern Arizona game. Um, that San Diego Cal Poly is an FCS FCS matchup too, but like I can't think of anything more boring than San Diego playing Cal Poly. Like yeah. literally can't. Yeah, no, I will not. Like I look at their logos on my <laughs> computer screen right now, and I want to fall asleep. Yep, terrible. It's horrible. Yep. And we the don't only know cool thing Cal is Poly it's in San Luis Obispo, like, which is like yeah. an amazing like coastal city in the Central California. Yeah, well, Cal Poly's got uh, super high academic requirements, and it's always going to hold them back. But it's like the pure... Montana State of Central California, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's what so. everybody says. Well, that's what everybody says. So. <laughs> so that's around the big sky um like we said we just can't wait for it to start we don't care what matchup you give me i don't care if it was northern colorado at sac state played on a neutral site in bakersfield i would still be interested to see how that game goes oh yeah i'd look into flights to go to that game bakersfield not an underrated city that place sucks <laughs> you know some people are like that's a shitty place probably and you're like no actually when you go there and spend some time like there's stuff to do yeah Bakersfield's horrible. Oh yeah, it's super bad. And this is like really, I mean, you know, timely and, and everybody listening to this has probably never been to Bakersfield nor will ever go there. So this is really good podcasting right here. Yep, that's what everyone says about us. Um, <laughs> They're topical to... and they, topical and interesting. <laughs> Talk about Bakersfield. Yeah. Should we move on to uh, our segments? Yep. Let's get to our watch. We're gonna call this part, and I just made this up on the spot. Didn't even run it by Bear Tycoon. This is our watch party. Ooh, that's a really good name. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I, saw, I saw a watch on my sheet that's in front of me. So let's we're, just call it the watch party. Yeah, we're, we're tracking a lot of really fun athletes. Who are we We are. We, we're going to start, and all of them, the best part about recording this here on this Wednesday night is that all of them were somewhat in the news in the last news cycle, I guess you could say. Totally. 
Great point. So we're going to start out with our absolute favorite, the one who got the watch party started, Mr. Brock Osweiler. Do you want him to tell tell us about tell us about Mr. Osweiler and how you basically got him a job? I could not, or maybe be, maybe got him a job. Maybe got I at least got him a job interview. I could True. not be happier. Uh, it seemed like Brock was dead, like he was not going to be. Like there's a lot of articles suggesting, oh maybe Brock will go to the XFL. Um, not the no, case, and maybe he still case. will. But he was on the Dolphins last year. We had not been on a team for any of the camps, uh, for any of the preseason. But with Andrew Lux, without with Andrew Lux uh, retirement, did you hear about that? Brock's back. The Brockening. He has been brought back into. He's been, he's been Colts, breckened to Indianapolis. The Colts organization uh, to uh, have discussions potentially backing up Jacoby seeing if they seeing if they can afford him. Yeah. Potentially backing up Chad Kelly. Uh, Hey, guess what? Guess what? Jacoby, if you got Brock behind you, I'd be worried. Brock Osweiler. If you have Brock behind you, you don't have a job. Yeah. Brock Osweiler. Basically ring. Do you Jacoby period? He might, he might've got one with the bats, Um, but he was not nearly as central to the, the super bowl as, Brock was to the Broncos. Um, True. It's so great. I'm so happy for him. This is yep. best case scenario. Uh, just that he's in the mix. He kept his body healthy in the off season. He didn't have to take all. We also hits. need it for content. Yeah. Oh, and like he's, if he's not on a team, we are at the end of our podcast. Doesn't even make sense anymore. Well, I, I, I immediately, when Andrew Luck retired, I immediately contacted my contacts at, uh, uh, the Colts organization on Twitter and just let them know that Brock was still out there. I found a very handsome picture of him. Um, and five Which is days not later, hard. five days later, it's not hard. Five days later, Brock's in uh, interviewing. And by and by your by your contacts, you mean you tweeted at, at Colts at Colts. Yeah, uh, Brock's in there kicking the tires right to the top. Of, the, of the Colts organization. Yeah, I'm not going to mess with any middleman. No middleman. Just go right to the Colts. Yep. Five days later, four days later, he's in there kicking the tires of the Colts. See if it's the right fit for him. If not, look, he's got 40 mil in the bank and can he's got go options. to the XFL. We'll who's, you never know. Well, it's the NFL. You never know who's going to retire at 29 now. He's back. And look, there was uh, two years ago, it looked like his career was over. And right around this time, he got picked up by the Broncos on a on a prayer, and he ended up starting two games for the Broncos that season. So let's see. Ended up starting a lot of games for the Dolphins last year. Brock could be could be a Super Bowl starting quarterback for the Colts. Too early to tell. It's too early to tell, but you can't but you can't rule it out either. You'd be stupid to rule it out. Yeah. What's yep. your over under? If I give you three over under on Brock Osweiler starting three games this year in the NFL. Oh, under for sure. <laughs> a lot of faith on the roster. I would take the over, but I, I just don't see on, well, the over under of one roster. No, uh, being like half on the roster. roster for three games. Gotcha. Three gotcha. Games I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's our Brock watch watch party. Number one, our, our traditional watch party, but we also have two more and no Canadian music this year for everybody. No national anthem. Our boy, friend of the podcast, my basically my best friend, I think, Alex yeah. Singleton, has come back to the States. He's half American, half Canadian, but he's all in America now. Our favorite NFL player, Alex Singleton, Philadelphia Eagles, in their training camp, getting some time at linebackers, some special teams. So proud of him. Is he going to make the roster? 
I hope so. God, I hope so. But I, I have, I but I will tell you, really week one, yeah, week one of the NFL preseason against Tennessee, forced fumble, two Ooh. tackles. Wow, that's a good, that's a good stat line. Thank you. And he was the highest rated, graded. I don't know how the hell these guys do it in football, like grade people. No idea what they mean when they say that, but I, I think it's good when you get a high grade. Um, the Eagles' highest graded defensive player in their game against the Titans that first week, yours truly. Alex Singleton, a 91 grade. Ooh, that sounds great. The highest on all of the Eagles. Congratulations. And it's on a scale of 0 to 100, and you got a 91. That's like an A. Okay, that is an A. So entering the game, he was listed as third on the depth chart at the outside linebacker position. Hopefully he's moving his way up. Um, as you know, he uh, in the 2015 NFL draft, he got some calls after the draft. Seahawks, Minnesota, New England – was flying around. We we kind of cataloged that in our first interview we ever did with him, tell, and he was telling us how hard it was. This time he got to go into Philadelphia out of his Grey Cup victory, sign that contract um, in the offseason, or it was actually before the season ended last year, to come to training camp. Uh, we wish him all the best in the world. He's the nicest dude you'll ever get to talk to, so hoping that uh, he'll be uh, staying on that Eagles team, but we know it won't be the end of football for him if something should happen, but we're, we're pulling for him. We can't wait to see him and you um, like that Eagles 53-man. You love him. You don't just kind of like Platonically, him. yeah. You love him. Yeah. Platonically, yeah. Yeah. His hair is pretty cool. He's really nice. He does a ton of work with the Special Olympics, so he's like a good dude. Like, even he's getting, getting involved in it already in Philadelphia. I'd follow him on Twitter. He's And everybody's always thanking him for everything he does. Just a great dude. Always made time for us, and we're a stupid podcast in Montana who actually got to talk to a CFL star. Like, Yeah. Good. Right after, right after the Grey Cup win, it was. I was probably his first interview in the states after the Grey Cup. I looked it up uh, as we're talking. Uh, his Madden ranking on EASports.com. His Madden ranking one out of a hundred. Can you take a guess? Ninety nine in my heart. <laughs> uh, no ranking. He's he's not in Madden for some reason. That's bullshit. Yeah. Totally if you're bullshit. a if you're a designer, you're you're designing a game, you're programming a game, and you have a guy with that kind of hair at the linebacker position, you're only robbing yourself of getting to create that guy and the animation can go along with it. Yeah, there's some guy named Rick Lovato who is a forty one. Um and he's in the game, so weird. I don't Anybody know. Is. I don't know why you're talking about Alex like that, you know? No, I'm yeah, no, I'm I I love him. He should be in the game. Oh, so you love him too. We all love him. Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while. I have to reach out, get him back for an interview. Maybe yeah. after after the roster. After yeah. he makes the roster. <laughs> Let's see if he makes a roster. He will. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Yeah. They will. Well, you should tweet at the Eagles. Would it they be kind of like Brock. a parent? Would that be kind of like a parent tweeting? Like, please let my son play. It worked for Brock. So. You're right. You know what? I'm doing it tonight. Yeah. Good. Good. By the time you're listening to this, Nate will have the been... The problem is he follows me and he's going to be like, this dude is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. I'll do, it so from we'll like the, do it from the Mint Sports account. There you go. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our Singleton watch. Um, <laughs> I'm just like picturing him seeing his mentions and being like, this dude's starting to creep me out. It's like a lot. His one single mention for the day. It's like, oh yeah. boy, this Nate oh guy boy, is, this Nate guy's little blocks too much. my number. I have his cell phone number. <laughs> I might just give it a call. 
You think, yeah, oh, God. Like, let's think of all the ways I can creep out Alex Singleton. Yeah, he'll love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> all right, so we're going to head into our last watch of the week. And this one is about as timely as you can get. Um, I'm going to let you take this one away, but it's our Josh Hustis watch. Oh, yeah. Hot off the press is Josh Hustish. Hustis. So, <laughs> Hustish. Uh, former first-round draft pick. Former star of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Former star of the San Antonio Spurs. Hustis uh, is playing over in Europe this year with FC Bayern Basketball. And boy, did he have a game. Three-point pu- three pointer at the buzzer to win the game. He also has on his... Uh, oh, and most importantly, the game was a exhibition game against Stanford. Josh Houston's alma, alma mater. Holy crow. 67-66. Holy crow. And he hit the game winner, three-pointer, game-winning three-pointer. Uh, also on the, the roster... The crowd was electric. Uh, electric. Also on the roster, Greg Monroe, who is apparently playing in uh, Europe this year. Did not know that. But anyways, Josh has a place in the NBA. I think he will have. I, I don't think we've seen the last of him in the NBA. Uh, but I'm glad that he's gotten some reps uh, this year over in Europe, and just wish him the absolute best. And it looks like um, if you follow him on Instagram, he's got some pretty good stories about his transition over to Europe. So yeah, always having a good time, that. having a good time, and uh, you know if. You know, if, if you're not going to get that PT in the NBA and you're wasting away in your pinnacle of athleticism in those years, those ages, why not go over to Europe, play in front of some fans that love basketball? It's not the big stage, but make yeah. some money, get Just a life experience, Europe. play some basketball. Live in Europe what, I think it's, that's a five dream, years. Man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. What's not to so, like? Yeah, we wish him the best. He does own a couple of Montana Mint shirts that if you look through and creep through his Instagram, you see him with a giraffe, I think. And he has a Montana Mint shirt on. Yeah. Yep, he's got we got a lot of good picks of, of him in our in Gotta our look. year. Which is a reminder to go to the Montana Mint.com, check out the Montana Mint store. Got a lot of cool gear and unlike a lot of stores in Montana, we only do limited runs. So if you get something that we produce, you don't have to worry about everybody wearing it down the line, looking at you home with a period after it in a Montana. I had that shirt uh, before shirt. anybody else did. Yeah. Uh, do you have the outline of Montana with roots coming down? Because no, I will least, never get that one. At least fifty thousand people in Montana have it. Montana Mint uh, store. We only uh, do limited runs of stuff. So if you get and something none of from it us, includes roots. None of it includes roots so far. Um, but I think that's it for uh, today. Week one, man. Week in one. Bo- well, week one of our our week one is in the books. Now we yeah. just get to sit back. We get to watch the games this weekend. It's so exciting that it's back. I remember when it was 100 days away, I was seeing on Twitter, 100 days until kickoff. It's here. It's finally here. We did the hard part. Um, We're so close. Everything here is gravy. Everything the rest of the way through January is just gravy. Yeah, and before we let you go, first off, this episode, super long. Producer Jerry did not do his job. He was not flying. We're so excited, though. So excited. Um, But... A lot of cool stuff's going on. Uh, the Montana Mint Sports newsletter is revamped. We got a new editor um, producing a lot of cool content for there. The Big Sky Podcast Network, which we're a part of and we help launch. Uh, follow that on Twitter. There's all sorts of cool stuff going on um, with a lot of independent media groups throughout the Big Sky Conference, including, like we've mentioned throughout the show, Big Sky Big Takes. It is an around-the-horn type podcast focused mostly on mostly on the Montana schools, but the Big Sky Conference as a whole. Uh, I'm the host of it. It is 
can't really see anything else like this in the state. So check that out. It's in the Montana Mint Sports podcast feed. And other than that, Nate, I'm just super pumped for the season to be here. Yep, we're ready to do it. So we uh, appreciate everybody. We love everybody who listens and came back for year number three. It's like our 56th uh, or so episode when you combine our episodes with the Grizz Fan Podcast who are doing some things this year. We don't oh, touch on the Grizz as, Yeah, we don't touch on the Grizz as much because we leave that to the experts. We know nothing compared to those guys when it comes to the Grizzlies. So They're crushing um, it. They're crushing it. Listen to them. Keep listening to us. It's going to be a fantastic season. We appreciate you sticking with us for this over hour podcast. But we know you're excited. We're excited. We're going to see you next week. So have a great opening weekend, everybody. Mm-hmm.